Blog Talk Radio. Angeles, California. Welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your host, Shaw McCain. Good evening, everyone. I'm your featured host, Shaw McCain, on Blog Talk Radio, and I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show is created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow me on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. The call-in number tonight is 619-924-9744, and The Paranormal is Sacred airs every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we also like to thank uh, Tucker Smallwood, the actor, and uh, he did the voiceover for us in introduction. We really appreciate that. And during this show, I can take questions in order in chat, and you may call in with your question and speak with our special guest tonight. Just remember, any buzzkillers in chat or on the phone lines will be kicked out. And uh, just play nice and uh, be polite. And I just have several announcements uh, to make before we get our special guest on the line. And uh, the 2017 International UFO Congress is already getting together. And uh, the last event, they said it was great. The speakers, the weather, everyone, they had a good time. And they're going to be having uh, videos and news from the event over a few weeks. And you can see tons of videos at International UFO Congress on Facebook and uh, they say they get your money out and start saving it for the next one. And uh, they say mark your calendars. The dates will be February 15th and 19th, 2017. That seems like far away, but it really isn't. So be sure to book your room at the Wicopa Resort early to be sure you have room at the host hotel. So keep us updated on conference right here at Open Minds TV and UFO Congress email newsletter. So if you miss the Congress, of course, you can get the DVDs. Anyway, so then I've got uh, for a special group I go to for experiencer, and uh, the contact for it is Yvonne uh, Smith, CERO, Close Encounters Research Organization. Her direct line is 818-383-6903, and she's got an email address, Yvonne for PTSD at gmail.com. And, of course, you can go to the website. Ciro is at www.cirointernational.com. Anyway, guess who's going to be there? Nick Pope and Charles Halt of the Rendition Forwards Incident. And they're going to be our special guests right here in California. So if you go to the website, www.cirointernational.com, you can go and pay and you can come in. And you can also pay at the door, but I think it's a little bit more on here. I'm trying to see how much it's costing. I'm not sure. I think it's between $15 and $20. Nick Pope has written a book, Encounter Renishing Forest, of course. And he and uh, his co-author are going to be there. And they're also having a uh, dinner. That's what I wanted to tell you about. For the speakers, you can actually just sit there 
and uh, speak at the dinner, uh, speak with the guests that are going to be at the dinner and uh, after the uh, the uh, conference. Sorry about that, all stuttery. Okay, so the doors open at twelve thirty. Program starts at one. Please note park instruction number two. And let's see, the parking fee is eight bucks. I'm still looking for the price of it. I can't find it. So you're just gonna have to go online and find out how much. And it's called speak meet the dinner speaker, and that'll be. After the talk at 6 p.m. at the REIN Arena Room at 1025 Wilshire Boulevard in Santa, Santa Monica, only 22 people. It'll be Nick Pope and uh, Colonel Charles Halt himself. And this is really incredible because uh, the stories coming out of there is amazing. And uh, then you can find it the same same spite that I just keep saying. Uh, at the Courtyard Marriott at 925 West 190th Street and uh, 1230, and that's going to be a general admission $30. We're going to have another dinner and speak over here at the Marriott. So uh, go there and check it out. And if you have any need of chakra clearing, past life regression, hypnotherapy, energy work, go ahead and contact Kim Troutman. She's a friend, and she's in Newport Beach. And contact her at 866-546-8768. And also my good friend, Marilyn Salas. She's also a therapist and a healer, and she's a lovely person. Of course, you know her husband, too, Captain Robert Salas. And uh, she's over there in Ojai, and she's giving her website at www.lovesblessing.com. If you want to speak to her, she's really an awesome person. And then last but not least, my friend Cynthia Cavalli at www.cynthia, she spells her last name C-A-V-A-L-L-I, consulting.com. And she's doing a web- webinar, and it's titled Synchronicity and the Miraculous Yin. And it begins on Wednesday, April 13th from 7 to 9. So please go ahead and contact her at her website, and I love the Jungian uh, synchronicity thing, and that's what she does, and uh, I love her very much. Okay, I think I got all the announcements in. And, um, you know, it's an amazing night here tonight. Um, I happened to meet a new friend of mine, uh, Mary Munoz, and she's the executive member of the New Mexico UFO and Paranormal Reform since its creation in 2006. And she has 50 years of known experiences with the ET phenomena, were started at age four. The experience were directly related to her father and his lineage. So in essence, her uh, abduction experience is a generational, and I think she's very lucky to to have that uh, history there. And uh, she started going through uh, past life regression hypnotherapy and, and finding out what was happening in her childhood. And I'm going to have her get on right now because I think I've talked enough about all this stuff and I want to get her on. So I'd like to welcome... Mary Munoz, you're live with Paranormal Sacred. How are you doing, Mary? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing Thank you for good. having me on. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you on. And, you know, it's so interesting. I was reading your biography, and uh, I was just thinking about how it's tra- – it's, and your family, it's, your, your family was uh, open enough to talk about it because I'm sure – a lot, because I'm an abductee, and I know many, of course, that uh, I feel that it's generational, but that generation doesn't want to talk about it, because it would be I, our, above us is World War II. Well, I actually had the same situation. Uh, 
my mother and father divorced before I was born. And so I never knew my father until I was 17 years old. And when I met him face-to-face for the very first time, I had looked at him and I asked him, do you believe in UFOs? And come to find out, he was a director for MUFON for the state. And I had no idea. And we just had this connection that was amazing. And he was able to start allowing me to see things that I never understood and could never go to my family for because this was taboo growing up in a Bible Belt type uh, family organization where this was not discussed. Wow. Um, you know, that must have been stunning for you to get that news that he's uh, in MUFON. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Huh? It, I mean, <laughs> very unexpected. Yeah, it was. When uh, he first contacted me through a classmate at school, I was a little nervous because I never knew him. And then when I met him, it was instant. Um, I just knew him. Like I had known him my entire life, yet we had been separated my entire life. And uh, to come to find out he was part of MUFON, that he was an experiencer, that he had been having them since childhood. It went through his father, his grandfather, and many generations back. It was just amazing. I, I felt like I had found a place where I could connect with someone that understood what I was going through. Most definitely, you know, that was a big gift there, you know, because many of us are, uh, our parents may have said one thing. My mother said when she was 14, she saw spaceships flying in formation. She was in upstate New York, and she was in a park. And that's the only thing I heard. And the rest of them sort of deny uh, that UFO exists, and they call them demons or whatever. And uh, I swear to you, that's what they said when I said, I'm telling you something scientific. Me and a friend saw a UFO, I'm telling you. You know, yeah. and uh, they they chose to think it was something else when I when I totally saw a ship. It's not, you know, uh, it's, it's really weird in my family. That that's interesting because in uh, June of 1978, a third incident that had happened in within the first uh, six seven months of that year, my mother, my grandmother, both who were in total denial of all this. We're in a car with me and my two younger sisters, and we were followed approximately about 40 to 50 miles by a light that would do zigzagging, and it went into a cloud and exploded into an amazing ball of... The cloud lit up like it was daytime, and um, it really caused a lot of panic in my mom, and to this day, she will not admit that that event happened. She wants to erase it. It's just nothing she wants to discuss. You know, I'm amazed by by that because uh, I feel like uh, they're hindering the process. I hate to say that, but um, there's something definitely going on with all of us because what you just told me is extraordinary. You know, not growing up with your father there and then finding out that he's part of MUFON and he's an experiencer for generations. I mean, what a big gift that is, really. And this might be happening with a lot of people, but I've never heard it before. Yeah. Uh, I I really, I've listened to people over the years through being with the New Mexico UFO Paranormal. We've right. had speakers come in and people stand up and talk during our sharings. And I'm hearing the 
over and over the same thing. Everybody's going through very similar occurrences. They're having similar experiences. There's more generational to this than most realize. I'm hearing more and more people saying it followed family, but they're too scared to talk about it in the public because they're afraid of being tagged kind of like a crazy person in a way or somebody looking at them strange or a family member doesn't want them to talk about it. Right. You put the corner. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is, it's so bad that not only is a denial in my family that at my job, I was there at, well, now I'm a a counselor working with uh, prisoners with the feds, but in my other life, I was a hairdresser and I was standing there, and I had, uh, a, a, you know, the UFO experience when me and my friend saw it. And we were on the freeway. But anyway, it was like one of my first uh, people I was doing here. And I remember I was doing her hair and talking to her. And I just asked her this question. This is all I said. I sort of got I said, have you ever seen uh, anything weird? Or do you believe in UFOs? I said it just like that. I didn't say I see I saw anything. I just asked yeah. her a question. And she said, why? Why are you saying that? I went, then I told her. You know what I mean? I said, well, me and my friend saw something, you know, and it was over there on the 405 going by near Long Beach. And she said, uh, you know, I have to tell you something. I went, well, what? She says, I'm never coming back here again. I went, what? I said, why? She says, because I believe it's catchy and I'm not coming back. Yeah. That's what she said, and she never talked to me again. And and to me, it was horrifying and stigmatizing. You know what I mean? Because I didn't open my mouth and say much. She, but yeah. she must have had an experience. You know, thinking this through, uh, she must have had an experience, and you know, was running from it. When, as you well know, you can't run from them. I mean, you could try. It's not going to happen. You're, I mean, you can happen. run all you want. Uh, a similar experience with me, my ex-husband, my daughter's father, uh, we were over-the-road truck drivers, and he did not want to hear anything that had to do with UFOs, me seeing any lights, any ships, anything at all. It was taboo. And one night we were headed across Wyoming, and I literally had two hours and 45 minutes of missing time. And I remember when I got thrown back into the semi-truck, into the driving seat, he was asleep in the back. I grasped onto that uh, steering wheel, and I drove 85 pegged all the way. I did probably approximately, I would say, 70 miles in about less than 45 minutes or right around 45 minutes. I had it pegged. I had to get to people. I had to get where the people were. When I pulled into the truck stop, parked it, set the brakes, not five minutes later, he comes out of the seat. I have my head over the steering wheel. I have the imprint of the steering wheel in my hand. And he got really upset at me. And he is like, why didn't you wake me up if you got tired? We got to get this load there. And I couldn't tell him to his face that I've only been sitting here five minutes and explain to him why we were there. That really gave me the chills. You know, this, you got to make this into a movie, young lady. (laughs) You know what I mean? I could just see the, you know, writing the script for this, you know, it's a, maybe you should do this because, uh, we need as much information as we can get from the real deal experiencers. And I think we're the greatest asset of this whole uh, awareness movement. You know, how yeah. they want uh, 
the government to disclose what we've already been telling you, firsthand experience what's going on. Yes, and a lot of people are now coming out more than, say, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Definitely. More more people are starting to recognize what's happening, and they're starting to study and learn about what's happening. They're trying to understand their truth, what is going on in their life that makes, you know, them set themselves apart from the rest of the normal everyday world. That's right, because, you know, something, I feel that something important is going on, but I feel like we're doing, we're in a learning phase, because it keeps happening to me, it keeps happening to my best friend, very currently, uh, something just so strange happened, and uh, I, uh, well, I was, she, it's really weird, because, you know, we used to party and drink tequila on the weekends, you know, go to club it and dancing and all that. And now yes. I work for the feds, and she work, is like a rocket scientist over at Northrop. <laughs> anyway. Total opposite. So, yes. <laughs> we were just talking about the other side. I said, how do we end up like this? This is kind of strange. But now we're having uh, – okay, so I told called her in the morning because we always could, we always are abducted together many times, and we're best friends for 40 years. So I called her. I said, okay, I've got to tell you this. I was dreaming that there was these little baby cats, and I had to go help them and teach them how to do it. We were at your lab at your work, and she says, yeah, I saw you. I went, what are you saying? She says, I was standing behind the glass. She said, behind the glass? I said, yeah, I was in the lab behind the glass. And they were asking me, how do I keep these, How do I keep those little babies alive? They're more like baby kittens. They didn't, they didn't look like babies. So I said, yeah. well, you put this material, this bunting around them, and you feed them the formula drop by drop, and you kind of got to rock them and bundle them like little babies because they weren't thriving. But as soon as I got there, they started thriving. So I was trying to teach them something. She said she was in, behind the glass looking into the lab where I was uh, singing a song about, I think it's the third, the theme from the third rock from the sun, and it's something about cats. You know what I mean? She was singing that stupid song. <laughs> And I and I said, okay, what about that rap, that wrapping, that bunting? She says she saw it, and it was still there the next day. It was sort of foil on the outside and kind of batting on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I was making little nests and putting the, putting the baby in there, wrapping up so it'd be warm. She says she saw that material the next day, so we couldn't be oh. sure. I know it's odd. It's it's so odd that it's hard to tell it, you know. But it's not the first time it's happened, so. It's kind of intensifying for us right now. But now, like me, I had the same thing, age four. Like, you started having these experiences uh, very young. Did you want to tell us about that? Yeah, basically, my first experience, remembered experience, actually the memory I had wasn't what really truly happened. For years, I thought I had been molested by a male babysitter. And how I remembered it was my brother was watching TV, and he wasn't hearing me yell for him, and I was trying to reach to him, and he was just staring at a TV set. And this male figure was pulling me in through a door into a bright light, and all I remember, I was hurt there, and I didn't like it. Well, when I went into hypnosis in 2001, I went back to the time of my childhood, approximately when all this was starting, and that male sitter turned out to be four extraterrestrial beings, the greys. They had 
pulled me up and through the wall into a ship. My brother was sound asleep. He, we shared the same room, and I wanted him to go, and they wouldn't let him go with me. And uh, that's basically in the hypnosis session. I kept seeing myself as three and a half, but I know we didn't move in that house until I was four. So being the age, it might have been some confusion to it, but... Um, that's the memory I had. The white light was going into the ship itself and looking up into it. And um, I had to get out of that session because I got really upset real fast. Yeah. Um, the same here. I remember being taken up into the ship. They're coming to get me, taking me up into the ship. And I did not remember until last year. Uh, I don't know if we're the same age. I might be older than you, but I, that's one of 52. But it took me all these years until just last year that I remembered why I was so – because people were saying, you know, a lot of positive experiences about these abductions. And I'm telling you, I was mortified and terrified. I had night terrors when I was a kid, a very screaming all night. You know, I never slept all night. It was always like action, more action during the day than it was there at night. You know, it's like you're on 24 hours a day. And yeah, I uh, actually – literally covered myself up in a blanket and I only had my eyes showing because I didn't want I, I was a burrito. I wouldn't do anything but just stay there. And I just stayed I there. I did it until I was 11 I gave up. Because I thought, I well, we it. can get through the blanket. I finally I did it through out. my adult years. My oh early my adult years, I was still doing it. I was still afraid. And the funny thing about what I told you about the babysitter, after that session, yes. I came, I talked to my mom, and I said, Mom, whatever happened to that male babysitter? She goes, we never had a male babysitter. Oh, my God. And <laughs> and the, the things that happen to us as children because of our experiences, I went through a lot. They thought I was just a problematic kid. But I was having a lot of things going on that nobody could answer. My my yeah, entire they, they they had a lot of um, cartoons and movies and stuff like that. It was kind of like the space age when uh, we were kids. But uh, the, the when I realized how much why I was just so mortified, not only because of them the way they looked. Um, it was because one time I was up there and I turned around and my father was sitting on this little ledge. Like there was a ledge going around the round the room. There was no real furniture except a middle console, and then there was a, you know, the thing. The whole thing was metallic, so there was like a ledge rather than a chair. So there was I've a been ledge outcropping. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I have there. a feeling. That's why I'm trying to get it out. I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> but it makes me kind of stutter. But I turned around, and I saw my dad. My dad looked like he was crying, and he had his head down and his hair on his face and just horrified, you know what I mean, holding his mm-hmm. face. And I went, my, to me, my dad was a lion. And if, if my dad's scared, what is that going to do for me? I was mortified, yeah. really, to see him there, you know. Well, I never remembered seeing family members and anything that happened to me until I saw my daughter 
on a table next to me, but that didn't come forward until I'd gone into uh, hypnosis. And um, they were doing to her what they were doing to me, and they were harvesting and things like that. And it, it just tore my heart out to see her there, to see it occurring to her. And um, it was really hard for me, but she has grown up very well. Uh, she's 25 now, and she's grown up with an open doorway to discuss things like this. And I have opened up and allowed her to share her dreams, to share her memories, and not be afraid of being who she is. And oh, that's supporting great. Her, supporting her. Um, now, does she remember any of this? Oh, yeah, more so than me. A lot more than me. She remembers a lot. You uh, she uh, could, just want her to tell her? Do you want to say any of it? Or? Would you like her? Well, wait, she had to leave. Oh, she had darn. To go get her husband. But um, interesting well, little tidbit. I'm going to kind of jump back okay. to when I was on the go semi ahead. truck. It was January yes. 1st, 1990. That's when the incident occurred. Um, nine months from that day, she was born. I was told by doctors I could not have children, and I had a perfect pregnancy. Wow. And uh, she's very gifted. That's what I was um, going to ask you. She has any of the gifts that you have? Mine and a lot more. I mean, she is very gifted. And... Um, I hold her very dear in my heart, and uh, I protect her a lot, though I shouldn't. But uh, I understand what she's going through. Yeah, because, uh, you know, for people and for our listeners, um, you know, uh, some people are also uh, saying, but maybe this is the truth for them, but they're saying that this is over and it's almost gone away. I want to, I don't, that's not my experience right now. It's intensifying. And a lot of uh, things are happening. Yeah, we're still having experiences occur even to yeah. this day. It hasn't yeah, stopped for us. Okay, so you're okay. You have um, missing time while driving across Wyoming. You mm-hmm. are also mentioning sightings of lights and ships and orbs, and the the thing that you wrote about symbols that were attributed to angelic and out of the Magi, my guy, I can't pronounce it. Anyway, uh, meaning the wise men, right? Well, um, what happened was the the language actually came out in 1988 in June um, after I had deprived myself of sleep for three days driving a truck and I was trying to get to Pennsylvania across to Ohio, and I was really tired, and I didn't want to play the music because I didn't want to bother the uh, partner that wasn't my ex. It was another partner that was in the back end. I didn't want to wake her up, and I didn't want to have the CB blurring because I needed her to have her sleep because she was going to take over once I got over to the next truck stop. Well, uh, I just started, you know, feeling like if I don't do something, I'm going to fall asleep at the wheel and I'm going to kill us all. So I just started all of a sudden start singing these songs out in my head. They just started coming out. And I kind of lowly uh, sung them. And I was awakened. I felt refreshed. And I made it all the way. No problems. 
Well, that next night I started um, driving again. Again, we're going across Ohio, and um, I started just singing or these words out of my mouth. And next thing you know, I started getting that feeling, and I looked to my south, and I saw that light there, and I thought, oh, my God, no, I didn't. And I stopped it, and I refused to say the language ever again. Jump up to 1998, 10 years later. I'm um, going down the road. I had been asked to do something that I will not disclose on the radio, but I've been asked mm-hmm. by somebody to do something that mm-hmm. um, was for the purposes of um, kind of a contact situation or a visibility of the ships, and I had agreed to it. And at the time, my daughter Hannah said, Mom, don't do this. This isn't right. That's not good. But, you know, hey, a little cloak and little dagger, this sounds like fun, let's do it. Well, going home, I was driving up what we call Sedillo Hill, and I didn't even get halfway up, and all of a sudden I just got overwhelmed with this language just coming out of my mouth, and I couldn't stop it, and I tried to stop it, and it wouldn't stop, and it just kept flowing and flowing and flowing. And then all of a sudden I heard these words in my head, you're going to need to have this for what you're getting ready to see you're not ready for. And when that came over me, that overwhelming feeling, I went home, I called the person, I said, I don't want to be doing this, I'm getting out of it. They teased me for years with it, it's like a little like a little carrot, you know, hanging out there for me. But mm-hmm. I stopped it all. I went to, at the time, my minister, and I said, I'm talking this language, I don't understand it, what's going on with me? And he goes, oh, you're just talking in tongues, and I'm like... You know, I've heard about tongues, but to me this was something different. But I didn't want to get an argument with the guy, so I left it alone. And then in 2001, through the hypnosis, I started writing the symbols. I started writing the lettering. And I've been trying to search for them forever. I I talked to Becky Andreessen on the phone. Yeah. And uh, she does the same almost exact writing as me. I didn't even know about her. I never read a book on UFOs, ETs, or anything. And actually, my first book I picked up in 2001, I made it through the maybe thir- first 35 pages, and I put it down because I just couldn't read it. I just could not get through that book. Well, what book was it? What's that? Do you remember what the book was? Uh, yeah, it's a friend of mine. She wrote the book. She was actually my wow. hypnotherapist. And I don't know what it was about the book, but I just I had to put it down. It reminds I, me of a lot of our first book uh, back in the day because I've been going to Cyril for, I think, 20, when, when it started, like 22 to 24 years ago. And the big book then, as I found it, I was on my way to, uh, oh, gosh, Palmdale. And I, I don't like that place, so I hesitate to say it. <laughs> anyway, I don't like it in Palmdale. Sorry, Palmdaleans. Uh, okay. <laughs> and in a, I don't even know how I found a bookstore in the middle of Palmdale, but I did. And there was communion in the window. And I remember walking up and looking at that book. I don't know why I went to a bookstore because I was going to see my cousin and seeing that book. And I was petrified, but I still bought it. And I stayed petrified the whole time reading it. It's not often a book scares the hell out of you. It did. I kept looking over my shoulder when I was reading it. 
Well, with me, I don't know if it was what was in the book that scared me or if it's just something stopping me. Um, hmm. You know, like I said, my, I, it's through my father, the lineage. Well, my father was part of MUFON, but my father also worked for the government, and he worked in projects. And hmm. it may have something to do with that. That's a whole other aspect of uh, my situation that I tend not to try to talk about anymore because when I do, I get in, things kind of go a little haywire in life. Are you talking about M labs stuff like that? Yeah, my, my yeah, lab? yeah. Yeah. See, I can uh, I can feel I I have I'm having like a weird ESP experience with you. If you didn't notice, <laughs> you know, so you don't really have to tell me because it's like I'm getting flashes before my eyes, but. It's kind of amazing. Okay, so two weeks ago, let me tell you a little story, Mary. Okay. I was going to work, going down Crenshaw. I don't know if you know the area. And I was going near the Hawthorne Airport. I was going the back way to work. And this is what I saw, okay? This is two weeks ago. I saw a multicolored winged, huge, two wings, multicolors, uh, not like rainbow colors, but deep oranges and reds and all this, and a man flying this machine and flapping his wings and flying across Crenshaw from one side to the little airport over there. So in my mind, I looked around, I looked around thinking, okay, has anybody seen this? And it didn't look like anybody was seeing it. So I saw it. He looked very happy. He had round goggles on. He almost looked like those jaunty men in the flying machines. It was that old-fashioned and that screwy looking. I went, God, it's beautiful, but uh, how's he going to land? I got scared he's in a crash going across Crenshaw because it was pretty deep. So then I thought, okay, they're filming a movie over here, so I went to work. So then I started coming back up Crenshaw every day, and finally yesterday, it, I, you know how things, when you see things and they kind of settle in, you realize the reality of it? Mm-hmm. So I went back down Crenshaw, the same area. I looked on the right side where I, he was coming from. There's no way he could have done a uh, flight. You know how you have to run, jump, or propel yourself from a landing or a takeoff point. It was, it was a parking uh, lot with all the uh, meters and the, all that. There's no way he could have come from there. So then I started realizing I saw something that uh, is extraordinary. It may have been an angel, but the, whoever this was was having a good time. You know what I mean? So then I had to yes. take it. I said, okay, God. I said, God, I'm going to trust you on this one, and I'm going to accept this. You know, because it's really hard because it's broad daylight. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this thing, and it wasn't scary. It looked like it was in a movie, but it looked yeah. really real. And the wings were really big enough to hold a man who was smiling. Yeah. Strange. It it happens. I mean, I was driving down the highway one time, and I saw this um, really dark brown with black windows vehicle behind me. And it was following me, following me, and I was really watching it because I started getting creeped out by it. And I'm like, no, 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 you know, it can't be. It's my imagination. Just keep going, going, going. And I looked in my mirror. It was right there. I looked down for no more than two seconds, looked back up in the mirror. It was totally gone, disappeared completely. It was not there. But I know it was there. I saw it. It was there. Okay, so... What I'm saying is that, okay, either I'm going to die pretty soon, you know, so I'm starting to see angels fly around, but I think this was sort of like, <laughs> I think this was sort of like, because it's not like the angels that I that we expect to see. 
I no, saw something no. that was actually humorous. It was very funny. But yeah. when I was trying to figure it out, I went, dang, that guy. At first I felt like, how could he create a machine like this? You know what I mean? Exactly. This is this. This has to be part of a movie thing. Because to me, it looked like he was moving his legs like he was on a bike, you know. But then these huge wings were flapping. Oh, anyway, so now you guys you know. know. things like this, weird things like this happen. My husband said he was driving actually down the highway, and he swore he saw cyber-toothed tigers. <laughs> and he just he just knew it. And he drove down I it again. I think we're at Okay, this is what we might be seeing. We might be seeing uh, that other dimensions that people are talking about. Yeah. You know, because I had, it took me, you know, all of these two weeks go, trying to go down the same street the same way every day to check it out. It took me that much research just to realize I really saw something that was almost impossible. No explanation, but it was there. Yeah, it was there. It was so there. We're getting little peeks into, does your husband have experiences too? Yes, he does. My now husband does, yes. That's good. He, then you can he identify actually, with what you're going through. Yeah, he's actually a generational through his mother. So wow. we are he understands me, I understand him. We're a very close knit family because of it. And we're able if something happens, we're able to talk without fear of being judged. We can awesome. we can process through what happens and occurs, so we understand better what's going on. Which right, really I think helps. that I think family support means everything, and when you don't get it, it's kind of disheartening, you know, because I've had family literally just say they're it's the devil, you know, which oh, really yeah. strikes a strikes a knife through my heart. I don't think they realize how bad it hurts me. But yeah. it does. Like it's like getting stabbed in the heart because it hurts me so much. Because I'm a, I am a Christian. You know what I yeah. mean. And that is not what's happening to me. I'm not experiencing. You know, I'm experiencing something scientific. Yeah, and you know that that's the thing. You know, we have science, we have religion, and trying to understand between the two and find a balance. I used to take and talk about UFOs and ETs at the church I went to. They were fine to a point. I'd move mm-hmm. to another church. Oh, you don't talk about things like that. It's of the devil. Uh, today, yeah. I really don't belong to any type of congregation or church because um, I found that it was too hard to feel comfortable in that environment for me. Uh, because you had too many people closed-minded, they didn't want to hear it. And you know, but, we're, you know, we're in the rock and the hard place with this. You know that because I have a sense are. that you have yeah. spirituality, however, and you want to have the the communal experience, you know, of the spirituality. Yet, the same uh, place we're supposed to get comfort is is what's scaring you. You know, because they uh, want to operate in a little box, I guess. You know, back in the days that they're trying to say, you know, everything was holy and all that, there was angels and people disappearing and, you know, all kinds of, if you really read the Bible, all kinds of incredible experiences were going on all the time. Actually, I've read it through three times and actually had an accordance and studied every chapter in detail if I had a question. I never listened to a pastor 
I was always arguing with them. That's kind of why I don't go to church anymore. Yeah. Because I was seeing outside that box. I wasn't keeping within that frame that they're trying to keep people in. Exactly. You know, and then it hurts because um, I've had uh, divine intervention. I've had direct spiritual experiences in all this. And so I know God is real. I know we have a creator. This other stuff that's going on is must be dimensions of uh, something that we're finding out about, and it's probably in front of our face all the time. And uh, we're we've been conditioned not to see it. We've been conditioned yeah. not to see it. So that's that why I've accepted true. my my crazy angel out there because uh, I realized I've been conditioned not to see this stuff, and uh, it took me two weeks to let it settle in that I actually saw it. But I have seen many strange things. Even stuff like I, your, your husband's talking about. I've been out in the road a long time. I've gotten yeah. tired, and I've seen all kinds of crap out there. I've actually had a tear manifest on my arm twice in two different locations and no water dropping down. Uh, and it was during a trial period of my life when my ex-husband had left and I was lost and confused and didn't know what to do. I've uh, had just things that you would consider miracles occur in my life. And uh, so, yeah, I'm very spiritual. I just don't see it like the mainstream. Right. I think that um, I think the pain part is that I'm going to be true to myself. Uh, I can I can get along, you know, and there's going to be a point where you've you've gone, you've crossed my line and you're no longer respectful of my beliefs, you know, and I don't belong with you, whatever you're doing, you know. And yeah. uh, I, I'm not going to sit lie anywhere. You know, if they're asking me, yes, I have had spiritual experiences. Yes, in my sleep, the Blessed Mother has come to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yes, I've seen a UFO. Yes, and you know, it's like these are like how are how are people just so for sure? It's like just just believe just what you see. If you only believe like tunnel vision, what's right in front of your face, you know what I mean. You're missing the whole world. Yeah, you're limiting, like, you know, you're limiting you're limiting the world. You're limiting the world. You're limiting the creator. You're limiting the possibilities. You're uh, putting yourself in a box, and you're not allowed to go out and experience life. You're not able to see past your hand. It's right there in front of you. And that's the exactly. one thing I have taught my, uh, my daughter is do not look at that hand. Look past that hand. You know, the house that we live in, we see all kinds of weird things happening in the house. We do have ghost phenomenon, too. It's it's fun. Uh, We have a little furry thing that runs around here. We've uh, seen a lady in white. There's a black shadow. I've seen, actually, the manifestation of the extraterrestrials in the hallway. But I've also seen another being that I have no name for or what he is. He kind of scared me, and I scared him. But, you know, these things occur. We're very open. We don't, and then we don't doubt ourselves. That's the big thing. When this occurs and it happens to you, don't allow doubt to get in there. Accept it, understand it, and be thankful that you had the opportunity to receive that in your life. Because you can learn from it and understand that there's so much more to this world than the day in and day out. We have Karen Kinsey in the chat room, and she's saying hi, and she's going to be seeing you 
next week. Do you happen to know who she is? Because David is a friend. And uh, I don't know if you guys, if you know who, who she is. But she says hi and that uh, that's why she's doing this. You know, this is her uh, meeting spot. Stuff like this so we can talk openly, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I want to welcome people in chat. Hi, you guys. And uh, then Glenn Speck is here, too. And then, um, okay, so you have uh, the two families and then right after it, two identities that you wanted to talk about. What, can you talk to us about that, please? Well, the two families is my mother, my brothers and sisters on my mother's side of the family, no experiences whatsoever, not even ghostly experiences. My father's side of the family, I have a my half-brother and sister there. They have experiences, but they're in it. One of them's in total denial. The other one grasps it, but he has his own personal issues due to some of the other stuff that I believe that our father is involved in. So those are my two families. The correlations between are night and day. Uh, You could never have a discussion in front of one of them that you could have in the other and vice versa. My two identities is... Me being who I am when I go to work, I can't be talking about this or express anything about this without getting the cold shoulder, that craspy look, and that stay away from her. I have a hard time holding and, you know, having friends, and I have an exclusive network of friends, but they happen to be believers. Those are the two identities that I carry with me all the time. I can walk into, say... A, um, I want to say like an organization, some kind of church or something, um, some kind of congregation of some sort, walk in and I can be there, but I don't really ascribe to what's going on, but they don't know who I am because I don't yeah. tell them. Because I have to hide that because when you bring this out to the general public, if somebody hasn't had these experiences or at least has some kind of understanding and involvement in what's going on, they don't understand what's happening in your life. So they really look at you like, okay, let's get away from her. Yeah, the, you know, because we're, we're uh, what I feel like it's a kinship to and what would be closely related to is like the Native American experience where you're on this spiritual search and you have all these, uh, you're looking for a vision and you're striving to be closer to your higher power and uh, you go through the gauntlet and it reminds me of that, you know, because it's mm-hmm. not easy doing this. You know, no, I mean, it to me, it's not like a little uh, party we're having over here. This is very difficult because you're also processing your own belief system. And at the same time, like if you haven't seen something before, uh, it opens up a whole new part of the prism. Like when you're looking at it, okay, now i got another angle after I saw yeah. that flying thing, flying across the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I first explained it. Okay, they're filming a movie, which they do a lot around here because I'm in Southern California. And then I realized how impossible it was or where it was coming from. It's not what was happening. But it was what I had to tell myself what was happening so I could accept yeah. what I was looking at. And what you saw was a true, real experience, and it was meant for you, and there was a purpose behind it. And there is. that purpose is going to be coming very clear, and the 
further the days go along, the more clear it becomes. I've been, you know, with the UFO experience in my life for approximately 50 years. And uh, what I knew 40 years ago is nothing in compared to what I know today. And what I know in 10 years will be even more because as I break down some of the walls that were put up through the training and teaching as a child growing up, through school, through uh, my religious organizations and my parental uh, indoctrination into what they wanted me to believe. Uh, I had these little walls, so I'm breaking them with a chisel and hammer now, and I'm breaking them all off me so that I can experience more out there in life and experience more of who I am and grow Mm. even further as an individual. And uh, that's one thing that I wish more parents would do today. Instead of closing your children down, allow them to be free. Allow them to be free thinkers, open. Yeah. Yeah, I do have uh, I have two kids and three grandkids and a great grandson. But if I was to do it all over again, I know there was a, a couple places where uh, I think I tried to hold them back because I thought it was for their own good. But I, of course, I let go eventually. But I just wish I could have just swept away all of my doubts of everything and just uh, love them. You know what I mean? Love them yeah. and. Uh, Give them the guidance and uh, not put what I was taught that I had to shake off too. You know what I'm saying? We always have this generational thing going on. Yeah. It's better just to shake it off. Yeah, the, the fear is exactly oh, what I'm talking goodness. about. It's that fear, and it's a corrosive fear. It's rusting. You know, it, yeah. it acts just like rust on your dreams. You know what I mean? If you let's say you don't get chosen for something that you really wanted, everything that fear. And that crosses feels to me like rust. You have to just shake it off, and something better is coming, you know, because we we have something that has our greater good in mind. And sometimes it's, when God started saying no to me, because I used to have a lot of miracle day plans, I was getting a miracle every day. Well, every day is a miracle, really. But I was really being a spoiled brat because I'm in recovery too. And I was being a spoiled brat a miracle day. And pretty soon he started, you know, when I kind of got a little farther along in the recovery process. He started saying no, and that was hard. I went, oh, okay, no, <laughs> like, man. Then it was always something better that came after it. What I really needed came after the big no, then I got a big yes. You know, I've always made this joke. My daughter was born to keep me in line because I screwed it up the first time, and she's going to unscrew it for me this time. Because right. she doesn't have those fears. And every time I start running amok going what I call stupid, she goes, Mom, mm-hmm. listen to what you're saying. Mom, think about this. Is it really that bad? Mom, I'm like, uh, no, it's not. Because I was so trained to see such a negative aspect of a situation. Yeah. And exactly. even the UFO phenomenon. You know, um, she has memories of actually biting an extraterrestrial and it going after her. And But she said, you know, I had to do that. I had to show who I am, my empowerment. I'm protecting you, Mom, and I wanted to show it. I wasn't in fear of it. You know, you need to not be in fear of this. You have your power. You have your ability. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's things like this that just make it amazing because she makes me redirect what I was thinking or what I was mm-hmm. expressing and getting me back in the right track. Well, there's a real purpose that you have her, you know what I mean, for both of you that uh, you're able, able to accept each other and accept these uh uh, experiences because um, I have fought them too because I have resisted for the most part had bad experiences most of my life because I really object to uh, being yanked out of my room I, I still don't like it they show up over here I don't like it you can't move far enough away either because they're 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 following you you know it well, doesn't mean it, anything to them she made an interesting analogy to me. She goes, well, Mom, you know, it's like going to the doctor. How how many times you go to the doctor and you hate it? They poke, they prod, they do this, they do that. I said, yeah. And she says, you go there so they can help you. Yeah. Well, maybe they're trying to help you now. And I go, possibly, but I don't like it. I'm not too yeah. happy about it. Yeah, I think so. that's what a lot of people that, that don't understand um, uh, uh, some experiences like us, that this is this is like a personal quest. And uh, like I said, like we're on a journey and we're not lying. It is odd, but it's hard to stand on your feet every day when you go to bed one way and you wake up in a different reality all the time. Okay, now it's like this. Have you ever had times in the day when you wake up, you know something happened, by the end of the day you feel like you're just beat? Yes. You can't make it through that day? Yeah, because uh, exhaustion. Yeah, and your mind's like not in the right place, it's somewhere else. Yeah. I have to just switch that off. Yeah, it is. I was just going to say it's it's not good because I actually, the way I feel about it, it feels like, you know how when you're kind of trying to remember a dream? It's uh-huh. like that, and it keeps and a dream keeps bleeding through all day. Oh, That's yeah. what happens to me. That's what it feels like to me. Like, okay, something's happened. But, I, you know, the gift to me of all this is that, I don't know if she feels good about it, but it's me and my best friend. We not only saw one together, we have been abducted the whole time. Because we used to... Say this was because we're partying. We're drunk when that happened. Well, I swear to God, we're blaming on tequila. And the whole time oh, we're wow. getting stuck in my <laughs> So it's a wild story, really. But, you know, um, the the weird thing about it is that I lived, uh, a lot of this stuff happened. I lived in Torrance and I lived in Hermosa for about 35 years. And, uh, you know, a lot, all this stuff was happening right near the beach. I lived quite near uh, the ocean. I could hear it at night. In Hermosa Beach, so I had dreams of me coming that were so vivid of me dragged out of the house. I'm trying to hang on to a tree in my long nightgown, hanging on from zero life because I don't want them to take me. My neighbors were standing on their porch, saying that they can't help me. They can see me, but they can't help me. You know, because oh, wow. the tree is in their yard. And then I was uh, interviewing uh, Captain Robert Salas, right? And so we met out in New Mexico, and uh, that's how I got to know him and his wife, Marilyn. But anyway, how it relates to him is that he was telling me this story. I said, wait a minute, Captain. Where were you living at this time? Manhattan Beach, right next door to Hermosa. We're just, we live in the same area, having the same experiences. Wow. It's it's stunning. And then where I met him was New Mexico at one of the, you know, the yearly Roswell thing. 
And uh, he was sitting next to me, and he introduced himself, and he said, uh, he said, do you know who I am? I went, no. And then he said, do you remember the, you know, the missile range, the Montana missile? I said, the the nukes and all that. I said, I said, that happened. When that, I said, when that happened, I was watching the news. And I said, that's when I first said out loud, you know, I think there might be UFOs. And I had been abducted since I was four. But wow. still, my waking life was, no, that can't be happening to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I was, I was at psychologist's office, and you know how they say, do you have any reoccurring dreams or blah, blah, blah. And I would say that I had this dream that I'm being sucked up into a round metal ship. I would tell him the dream that I had for years, the same dream. But I didn't get any answer from him about it. Wow. I mean, I know. my dream... My dreams, I um, I don't remember a lot. A good chunk I do remember through the regression that I did. I did five sessions of a regression. Uh, that I do remember. I do have several memories where I was wide awake and I knew I was there. One particular dream that really has stood out for me was back in uh, 1998. It was the one that happened Right around, uh, I want to say, I think it was October 20th. In that dream, I was in a room, and there were these beings all over the room. And there was this uh, one that was at a distance. I floated over to it. It, it like, commanded me to come, and I just went. I floated. There were no ceilings, no floors, no nothing. I touched its hand. I was able to interact with this being, and I was shown many amazing things being around it. And that, I woke up at 5.30 in the morning. I went, oh, my God, uh, something happened. And I made my usual phone calls, and they wanted to have me draw a picture of it and so on and so forth. So um, that was one of the big memories that I do have. And it was because of... um, you know, my father and his position yeah. and things, I was able to see kind of inwards into things. I never really went to MUFON or other groups or other places for answers to my own situation because I'd go to him. I would always go to him with what was going on because I felt that I could trust and believe in him and not have fear. Yes. Now we're at the first we're at the first hour and we're gonna have a little break, so I'm gonna let you have a little break and we're gonna be back in just a couple of minutes. I'm gonna put music on and I'm gonna okay. put you on hold so you can go take a break, okay? And I'm okay. gonna do the same thing. We'll be right back. So hold Thank on everybody, I'm gonna put some music on and we're gonna take a break, we'll be right back. Thank you. I took my love, took it down I climbed a mountain and I turned around And I saw my reflection in snow-covered hills Till the landslide brought me down Oh, mirror in the sky What is love? Can 
Thank you, everybody, for uh, hanging with us for the break. And I'm going to have Mary on the line. Hi, Mary. You're back live with the Paranormal and the Sacred. Hi. Hello. That was a nice <laughs> little break. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so, because uh, you know, sometimes, man, we need water. We need this. We need that. So, anyway, now yeah, we're Yeah, I got me a again. little bottle of water here just in case. That's right. We need our supplies. <laughs> <laughs> so... Anyway, so, you know, it sounds like uh, you've had kind of an interesting life anyway. I mean, being a trucker and having that kind of courage as a woman on the road, uh, you see a lot of crazy stuff out there anyway. And uh, I actually admire the trucking thing. I do. I think it's very interesting. I'm always staring at trucks. Thank you very much. Uh, I kind of did it as almost a bet. Uh, Somebody saying, you can't do it, and I did it. That's right. Yeah, don't bet well, me. Well, a good way. To, yeah, don't bet me. Me, I'm the same way. Don't <laughs> tell me I can't do something because pretty soon I'm gonna be doing it. That's right. I don't like people. Okay, this is one pet peeve, and I don't like people to underestimate me. That's my biggest insult. Telling oh, yeah. me I can't do something. Oh, and I feel inside. I've been like that ever since I was a kid. Oh, really? You <laughs> know, I was like one of the Just quiet watch. ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just watch me do it then. That's anyway. right. So, um, so can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you were brought up and where you were brought up? Because I'm very interested in uh, your background that way. I was born in Oklahoma. 
I was raised by my grandmother for about the first four years of my life. My mother and father had divorced. My mother had got a job in Bloomfield, New Mexico. She had moved there. She remarried and uh, started a new life and then brought my brother and I to her to live. Uh, that's when my incidences did occur, was starting around that time. Uh, we lived approximately 80 to 90 miles from the infamous Dulce base in, yes. in New Mexico. Yeah. And uh, so there's always been some questions behind a lot of individuals' minds, you know, could I have been part of that? I'm not going to say yay or nay, uh, but I know I have to stay away from Dulce. It's uh, uh, kind of a subject. My husband had an incident there that was interesting, which goes back to an incident I had in 1984 with uh, telepathy. Uh, And we went up there, yeah. Dulce has, uh, my husband will never go back. He refuses to even go to this day. Uh, Basically, we went there. I was going to go find the base, have a lot of fun, about 2003 or so. And uh, we stopped to get gas. He was supposed to take over the driving. Daughter and I go in to get some uh, groceries because we hadn't eaten. We were hungry. Uh, He comes in, bypasses us, goes straight to the restroom, comes out. He looks at me, says, you're driving. I go, what? He goes, you're driving? I go, no, I'm not. And he goes, yeah, you are. And so I go out to the car, and uh, he gets in, and Hannah gets in, and then I go around the car, and I see this police officer. Oh, he was over six foot tall. He was real tall, real slender. He looked and gave me this quirky smile. I get in the car, and I told Abe, I said, I said, okay. And he says, no, drive, okay? Don't talk, drive. So we drove, and I was going to go find the base. He says, no, leave town. So we get past the sign to the town, you know, where it ends, get through it. And uh, I asked him, I go, okay, what's happening? He says, you saw that sheriff back there? I go, yeah. He goes, well, he told me that you're not welcome here, leave. And he said he didn't move his lips. He told me through my mind. My God. And then so we left, and then I played a messianic tape past Chama because he was still not my husband. And once I played that messianic tape, all of a sudden he snapped out of it, and he was back to being my husband, and it was like, wow. So we have you wow. to be back to Dulce. I got tons well, of stories about the Dulce thing. Uh, Dulce was fun. Wow. So uh, have basically you I, any of I, this anywhere? Are you writing your mm-hmm. book or, or, you know, because this I'm is writing the a book. I'm writing a book. Uh, I'm getting through it. I have to stop because I hit a point where I just want to, you know, bang my head up against the wall to, you know, a lot of memories coming flooding through when you do that. A lot of your feelings and emotions start coming forward and you just want to scream. Like, I yeah. can't believe this, you know, and things start coming up that you'd totally forgotten about, you didn't want to think about anymore, and I've been going through that. But, yeah, I have been writing my book on my experiences. Very good, you know, because uh, uh, I'm almost done with my book on spirituality, and uh, and then I'm going to go off into the paranormal, because I was wondering, you know, how is this all going to fit? How are people going to take this? Because... I do consider myself uh, a Christian, but 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 a Christian mystic, and that's a lot of. It's hard for people 
so let's say are uh, conservative or something like that. I don't want to say, you know, it's particular people. And, yeah. But uh, they're not going to even go for the direct ex- – I mean, you know, they usually kill off most of the saints. You yeah. know what I mean? Or not calling myself a saint at all, but most of the experiencers that maybe had d- divine intervention and divine direct contact, you know, they really don't like it very much. It's very confusing to me. Because when I read straight out of the Bible, it talks about that intervention every day, directly speaking with God every day. And then now it's like uh, they put everything in little tiny boxes, and we can't talk about anything without people saying the, it's it's bad. Oh, yeah. I don't oh, know yeah. why I, that fear is instilled in me just because it came from my own family. It doesn't bother me if somebody outside, but when it's blood, it hurts, you know. I definitely understand that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm, I'm, that's why, you know, you have to go find – this is where I was taught, you know, because I'm in recovery. They taught me, don't go to the empty well. Go to where the love is. So that's, that's exactly hence right. we're finding each, So hence we're finding each other, you know, mm-hmm. and then we go to these groups that support us. And I find, you know, at the groups that the most interesting people, and it's it's everybody. Some, oh, a lot yeah, of movie every, people, a lot of of uh, military, everybody, everybody's you know talking about all this and experiencing all this. And people are experiencing not wanting to talk about it, like the New Mexico UFO paranormal. We've been running that since 2006, and we've actually had people come in, will sit back and listen. They may not ever get up and speak or want to be recognized, but they're finally hearing individuals that are talking about the same thing they're going through. They just don't know how to express it or or communicate it without not fitting the profile of the life that they have because their friends wouldn't understand it, their family wouldn't understand it. Uh, I met a lady where I worked. Uh, She came in, and we just started talking, you know, just fun one day. And next thing you know, she's saying, I'm an experiencer too. And it was just like, and I said, well, you should just, you know, maybe come. She says, no, I can't do that because I can't let people know what's going on with me. And Yeah, you have to, you know. It's sad, you know, when you, you run into all these people that are having things happen to them, but they're too scared to go out and talk about it out of fear of what somebody might say about them their jobs, their, their standing in the community, and so on and so forth. Right. Well, that's we, why people like Stephen Bassett and the other loudmouths are not scared, but then they don't say they've ever seen a UFO either, I noticed. No. You know what I mean? I think they're doing something for us that we can't do for ourselves, and that's to go to Congress and, and do all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know somebody who investigates. It's a big name. I can't give the name or I might get in trouble. But uh, he actually had sat down and had a talk with me over dinner one night, and he had stated that he can never go out and tell people what he is really seeing because then he would lose all validity for all his research because people would believe what I'm saying. Yeah. And yet they'll they'll actually believe some baloney, some shyster, you know, making uh, little UFOs and having them – run by windows, and, you know what I mean, filming, you're never going <laughs> to film what you see for real. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know, I know a few of those individuals. 
I knew you were. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> nobody's talking about it right now, so, you know, I have to blurt once in a while. But anyway, <laughs> you just have no hair of these people. What happened, man? So, <laughs> anyway, you know, I'm not laughing at you. I'm sorry. The boomerang's going to come I get know. me, too. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I have a struggle with those individuals. I really do. You know, and some people think I'm standoffish, but, you know, when I meet somebody that I know that they're not being totally truthful, I can't really stand there and listen to what they have to say. Uh, You know, it was weird because me and uh, another friend, I won't say who that is either in case I get in hot water, but I haven't said any names. We were actually at the same conference years ago, and this is before we became friends. And we remember this one person that we are really talking about, uh, he was standing there, and I was saying, why do they have a used car salesman standing here? <laughs> why are you trying to sell us a bill of goods and a lemon car? That's what, exactly what I felt. We both mm-hmm. got mad, and we didn't we didn't know each other then. We both were mm-hmm. incest. You know, you're irrita- very irritated. I'm like, what yeah. the hell did I come over here for? And he did the same thing. But everybody else yeah. is enthralled. you got to watch it, people. The people yeah. do make up stuff. You know, this stuff is hard enough without making up stuff. Because I know. The real deal, the real deal part of this is that, you know, let's say we're all Native Americans, and thinking in that term, that we are seeking a vision. Everybody I know that's involved in this, they're seeking something. They're seeking more knowledge or they're finding themselves or, you know, there's a constant searching and growing that goes with this. And it is not easy. It hurts. That's why I don't oh, think the, it's funny. On September third, on September third, right. two thousand three, or two thousand and one, two thousand. No, it's September third, two thousand. We went to the UFO Watchtower in Colorado. Yeah. My husband had found it in the newspaper in Denver, so we thought we'd stop by. Well, then I found out they had camping, so over the Labor Day weekend, we decided to go up. Well, then I, you know, told my dad about it. He showed up to Alamosa. We camped out at the campground. My nephew was there, Hannah and Abe and I. We were all staying in the tent together. And then uh, Judy uh, Mesaline, who owns and was the creator of the tower, her house is just a little bit away from it, and her son, who was Navy, was in his room. And I would went there, and I was wanting to have something happen. I wanted to know what was going to, you know, to come about. And my dad asked me, he says, well, what do you want to know from all this? I said, when I see them, I want to ask them, what is this all about? So what happened that night? The roulette wheel, as my nephew said, who is a nonbeliever, saw it go over the tent go away from the tent. He heard some chattering. My daughter heard some chattering. I heard the sound of the ship above the tent. I couldn't wake up. and couldn't get out of bed. My nephew turned around and looked and saw my husband wasn't in the tent, but it was zipped shut, and he didn't know where he was at. My husband woke up. After we'd been talking for a while, he woke up. He goes, I had the weirdest dream. I go, what's that? He goes, I was outside the tent. And I saw this this ship, and it was about 10 feet off the ground. He says, I saw these little white guys and some bigger white guys, and they had green eyes. And he was talking about all this. And I'm like, that wasn't a dream, sweetie. You had an experience. I said, you lucky dog. You got to have what I wanted. So we went to go to tell Judy. Well, her son had got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and he saw an orb over the tower area 
between us and the tower itself, and then he said he saw it zip away. And my dad, I was just like so frustrated because I wanted to, you know, I want to know what this is about. Why are you here? What are you doing, you know, with us? What is, are you do, genetically changing uh, m- myself to my daughter, from my dad to me, you know, the generations? What's going on with this? And that's the excitement in me. That's why I love this stuff, because it's these incidences that make me want to go search for more answers, and that's why I study what I study. I'm trying to understand what's going on in this world. You know, it's really in this world. Yeah, it, it's, it's in and it's out. You know, one foot in, one foot out, really. But uh, that's why I try to keep my feet on the ground, but my head in the clouds. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to just You're really tall. Go, no. go, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to just really try to get to my real self, you know, because yeah. I have, uh, I don't know if it's a genetic thing, but I have a lot of guilt, you know, mm-hmm. and it keeps me uh, worried. Let's put it that way. I don't go around like that all the time, but I know there's a, there's an underlying worrying about something or did I do enough? Am I doing the right thing and all this other stuff? So, you know, then when this stuff happens, it's really kind of uh, takes it out of the whole realm of what I'm doing daily, you know, but sometimes, you know, sometimes my clients ask me uh, some very odd things and I'll ask them, why did you say that? And they say, well, I just thought you were a person I could ask. One time, I'll tell you this because this is way far away uh, from where I was talking to this person and where this person is. Uh, they were all on a, a mountain. They're just climbing in the mountains in San Pedro. It's by the water. It's where the docks are where they bring in all the products from all over the world and have the tankers out there. And they were just climbing up those back hills. They're probably getting high back there. And, uh, and just a bunch of people, about 8 to 10. And uh, they were all up and they got, got up to the top of this hill. And it's really dark out, and they were looking up in the sky, and they said everybody saw at the same time. They said the sky opened up, and it looked like uh, they saw it like a Hubble picture, all kinds of universes and stuff like that, almost like the inside of like a geode. And they said it was so beautiful, but they thought the world was ending. So they all ran screaming out of there, you know, down off the mountain. And I wonder what that was, but I think for a second they saw what we're talking about. Like once in a while, you get a glimpse at something. Who was it? Um, I'm trying to think. Al Bielik. Al Bielik, uh or no, wait, it was Phil Schneider talked about it with his dad in the experimentation of the A-bomb. I can't remember which island it was. I guess it was in Time Magazine, but when the bomb went off in the testing, said that it actually split and opened up another dimension that you could see. I know that in 1983 I had been uh, taken up over the earth and I was shown a grid around the earth. And I never understood what the grid meant until recently. And it's it's a way of keeping us entrained in the thought that they want us to be and not see what's really truly out there. You know what? Because the earth, many parts of it are so astoundingly beautiful you know what I mean? And sometimes when I think of, it's reminding me of the war that's going on and how just being in the desert just seems, uh, it's really hot out there, 120. I mean, there's no water coming out of a faucet anywhere in the desert. 
and people are fighting and they're so full of hate. And I know this has been going on for eons, you know, for generations. You know, the same people have been fighting each other. But sometimes I think if they ever saw the how beautiful parts of this world was, I wonder if they'd be so hateful, if they would just be able to see what we know is out there and the beauty out there. But I guess, you know, their ideology is death or something. Well, you know, have you, you been know, told I anything think, about that part? I think it's the vibration of an individual. It's the what they're raised around. You know, mm-hmm. we all have free will and free choice to make a direct direction we want to go. And I really feel those individuals that vibrate very, very low and very slow mm-hmm. can't grasp or handle understanding a higher vibratory energy that allows you to see more than just where you're at. You know, it's like positive, yeah. negative, good, evil, light, dark. It's high vibration, right. low vibration. It's like we have to be right in the middle. We have to get a balance so we can connect and have our feet on the ground and yet have our head in the ethers and be able to maintain and be stable. Exactly. So, uh, and through all your abilities and you are uh, incredible empaths and you have other abilities and uh, you're probably even to remote viewing. I have a feeling about this. But anyway, yeah, okay, so uh, you yeah. didn't tell me that, but I have a feeling about it that because uh, it's a gift that goes hand in hand, and when you have it, I think you can kind of sense it in other people. And you're working on, uh, you know, helping people and uh, healing, and you're working on something with your daughter. And yeah, called... actually, yeah. Uh, in 2012, we started a business, or I started it, it's called Dewdrop Essentials, and basically, we make uh, magical and energetic essential oil blends. You know, you can go into a metaphysical shop and buy um, some major name brands. I won't give any names, and they'll be synthetic blends, and you can use them for protection. Uh, you can use them for healing. You can use them for uh, love or many different things that you are trying to bring into your life through, say, magical or energetic work. And we do the same thing. However, what we're doing is we're actually taking the pure essential oil and putting them together and creating these signature blends that the herbs that we're using or the essentials have specific identities to work with these certain issues. We're not really uh, aromatherapy, but we are aromatherapy. We... uh, we have blends that you can use that can help bring um, happiness in your life, help you say, I had a job. The job was chaotic. Uh, there was a lot of uh, negative energy in it, and I would just like, oh, I don't want to go, you know. But I want to be there because yeah. I love the people I interacted with, not, you know, the workforce, but the, the customers. And so we have this one blend called Clouds. And clouds gives you that calming effect that you need to be able to handle your day, but yet keep the intuitive ability to keep your mind focused so that uh, you're not wrapped up in the whole mess that's going on around you. Um, And Hannah, actually, she is an herbologist. She studied the different essential oils and studied what all the herbs did, and she's the one that put all them together. I've done, actually, the angelic blends, and we're getting ready Mm -hmm. to make an ET blend. 
Oh, really? Yeah, we're going to have some fun with this one. Positive <laughs> ET experiences. Well, Not negative. Open yeah, your I eyes. I didn't start to... having my positive ones so recently. <laughs> so my whole life was pretty negative. Yeah, but opening you up to be able to maybe see past that veil you, by the, through the use yeah. of aromatherapy. I think, it, you know, it could be amazing, the possibilities. And we have uh, testimonies and people saying it works all the time. And we use it ourselves directly all the time. And, yeah, we have had a lot of good uh, good uh, responses from it. I think that's good. And you can find it at www.dodrop.essentials.com. And so she has a whole of uh, the products there, and they they're look like they're beautifully uh Bottles, and I like the nice dark bottles that uh, keep your stuff fresh for a long time. And uh, I I always have some, I have done this my whole life, so I think it's because of my mama's Greek. And so we've always had incense and oil and everything around the house. And uh, you know what I mean? So this is like uh, just natural for me to have products like this around. And uh, uh, I I think you should go over to her website and check it out. And uh, do they, is this, uh, you and your daughter? Yes, is we actually. Yeah, that's us, and uh, we uh, make the blends each individually when they're ordered, so they're not sitting on the shelf for a very long time. Uh, we will send anywhere in the U.S., and uh, they're handmade, literally handmade. Nice. We count the drops. for like medicinal, like for uh, pain and things like that? We don't have oils for pain. Uh, we keep it on the magical realm uh, because neither yeah, of us okay. right now at this time are trained aromatherapists, but we've been practicing the magical arts for oh, probably six years now. Okay, that's good then. So go ahead and um, look at her products, and they look really nice. And um, I love uh, oils, and I always have it around. I use up everything I get to, you know, and... Uh, do you have, is it the the oils? I'm trying to see what your products are. Uh, uh, we have uh, many different products. We carry daily. We have, mm-hmm. um, let's see, angelic. We have oils for protection. Let me see real quick. I'm going to give you a list of some of them here. We have astrological chakras. Daily Elements, we have Holidays, Planets, Seasonal Ritual, God's Goddesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be making kits and packages, and we're soon to get salt blends up, which will be exciting. Oh, nice, yeah. Okay, what's this anti-gossip one? What is is it? What does it have in it? Anti-gossip, I can't say what it has. She won't let me. Okay, (laughs) I want some inside secret. But basically, anti-gossip, and it actually works because uh, we've taken it to one of the vendors that we use. And uh, mm-hmm. if you use it around, people can't talk about you or start gossip in the area that you're in. They're not mm-hmm. going to be. It's really fun. We have uh, one called, it used to be called Chill, but we called it Calm the F Down. And it's to stop the crazy, hectic energy. A friend of ours, she uses it at work, and she has a lot of customers coming in that are just all hyped up and crazy. And by putting Mm -hmm. it on, she's calm, 
and whatever is going on in them, they tend to calm down around her. They're not as excitable as they used to be. It's really fun watching how this all works. It really is. Well, people really sage in uh, herbs and oils and uh, gums. You know, I just was, you know, so, you know how you go on some random researches? Well, I wanted to find out about this certain uh, gum, uh, and it comes off a certain tree, and it's a Greek thing, and uh, that's the way they gave us a chew when I was a kid. They didn't, they mm-hmm. didn't give us like a stick of gum. They would give us this like wax. Yeah. And it was from the gum from this one thing, and it's supposed to be medicinal, and it's supposed to calm your stomach down. Yeah, I could I could definitely believe that there's so much out there that can calm the stomach and and various different things. Hannah, she's really good at all that because she does the herbs. Um, and she, you know, if I get sick or I don't feel good, I could say, okay, Hannah, what's going on? What do I need? And she'll be able to tell me right then and there, and we'll do it, and it works. And I'm finding out that this this does work. It's just amazing to see what changes occur around individuals or the environment or the room. You can actually put our oils, because they are 100% natural. We use fractionated coconut oil, so it's good for the skin. Mm-hmm. But you can actually take and rub candles and burn it so you can actually have the aroma go throughout the house. So it's like oh, burning nice. sage, but not. Uh, we have a native blend. It's like uh, burning sage. It does the same thing. You That's can nice. get it in the spray, so you can just shake it up and spray it, uh, especially if you have an office that is kind of hectic or crazy and you want to calm it down, you can do that. Uh, mm-hmm. You can just, uh, she has a desire me, and it's funny, she sprays it, and people tend to gravitate to her. Oh. They, will, they will come and talk to her. Her sun blend, uh, people will actually listen to what she has to say. You know, Hannah was the type that, well, you know, everybody looks at her age. Hmm? <laughs> well, do you have any man-catching oils? Man-catching? Yeah, actually, she <laughs> does have a get-a-mate one, right? Okay, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah she does. <laughs> she got to be careful. I know, because, you, you, yeah, yeah, because, you know, I have this bizarre mojo, so I thought it would be dead when I got older. Well, it's worse. So I was thinking, oh, yeah, I'm attracting people, all right. And it's just the, the kind of guys that, no. You know what I mean? I'm just telling them, no. Uh, no. And they start coming towards me, I already wave my finger. No, because I know what's going on, and I've got some odd mojo going on. It's late in life. I feel like Sarah out of the Bible. And all of a sudden, she was beautiful, and by the king wanted her, and she's over 70. Well, I'm not 70 yet, but anyway, yeah. so I could use a little more mojo, I guess, maybe. Being, I'd be dangerous then. So anyway, so you have another site that I'm interested in, the UFO Watchtower. Can yes. you tell us something about that? Uh, yes. Uh, my girlfriend, uh, Judy Mezzaline, owns uh, and runs the UFO Watchtower. Hannah and I this year are setting up the speakers for her for her event in uh, the end of uh, July, July 29, 30, and 31st. And we have Jaw Kings appearing. They are a reggae group. They'll be there Friday night. Then we have um, them coming at noon on Saturday during the noon break. But we have various speakers, including Assyria, which spoke at the New Mexico UFO Paranormal. 
And then we have uh, Richard Smith, who has uh, internationally known, he's been speaking around, Travis Walton, Michelle Marie Minnie, Jesus Pan uh, Jr., and Artie Six Killer Clark. And it's going to be a blast. Jesus going to be there? Yes, I love he's him. Gonna, yes, he's going to be there. He's a lovable guy. Yes, he is. He's spoken at our group a couple of times now, and he's a really uh, great speaker. Amazing information that he has. He's fun, and he just he does so well with the crowd. It's amazing what he yeah. does. And we have a couple little girls that uh, come to our group, one girl in particular. I think she's like eight or nine years old. And the day she showed up there, and she just started interacting with Jesus, and it was just fun watching because he was so able to not only connect with all the adults but he connected with her and he uh just really allowed her to come alive and it was fun it was a blast yeah, if you don't know jesus j um Payne, he's an actor and he was in uh breaking bad breaking bad i was just gonna say it and <laughs> uh <laughs> he's just a really extraordinary and he's a tattoo artist he's an artist so Yes, uh, yes, great guy, is. you know, great guy. You're lucky to have everybody local there, you know, and uh, it's a, it's, it's kind of fantastic, you know, how everybody is turning into like a big family. Everybody knows everybody, and uh, we're liking it, and uh, uh, yeah, and uh, Karen knew it too. I'm just, I'm, yeah. my brain stutters. So anyway, so okay, so let's get to um, like you're working on now. You're writing your book. And uh, can you tell us some of your uh, recent experiences and uh, how you want to help people with uh, that? Some people are traumatized or feel disconnected from others, and how they can get help and and things like that. So, go ahead. You know, the reason I'm here uh, and I want to help people is because I've been through it. I've struggled through it. Uh, I know the dynamics of it. I don't have all the answers. It would be so nice to have all the answers and make things so easy. But I have learned how to deal with the non-believers in a family to the believers in the family. I've learned how to network and find individuals who can help you in various different things that are going on. I have a couple of friends who are hypnotherapists. I uh, know people that can go and investigate that are part of uh, groups that do these things, but uh, also just being able to let everybody realize that it isn't the end of the world if something's going on. There are avenues and places you can go where you can meet like-minded people and not feel so out of place and find a home where you're the same as the person next to you. You're no different, and um, you find balance in your life. Uh, I I love talking about doing meditation, meditation tapes, learning how to center yourself, and learning how to release some of the negative things that come with what is going on in this phenomenon and some of the uh, darker aspects that don't have to even do with the ETs that have to do with the M M labs. Yeah, that's very difficult, you know, because coming through the M lab thing, uh, 
uh, I felt very betrayed by because uh, a certain um, time in my life, I was really taken all the time to uh, underground facilities. Uh, I can remember getting on the White Plains and then landing over there, then going on these little red tractor things underneath the thing, and then American doctors, humans, knew, knew know the ET somehow. And they were uh, colluding with them on experimenting with me. And I, when I saw that doctor, and he, I heard him talking. And he said, I was trying to read his badge, and I was so freaking mad at him. And mm-hmm. he, he looked at he got startled because we made eye contact. And he said, yeah. you know, she can see me. And then they said, but it was telepathy. They didn't say anything with their mouth. They were standing behind the bed. I couldn't see them. A lot of times I don't turn around and look at anybody. I look really straight yeah. ahead for some reason. I'm having these experiences. But anyway, they said, no, she can't move. And he's saying, she's looking right at me. And I was thinking, yeah, you MF. Really, I was infuriated because I feel I feel like they had betrayed me as a citizen. You know what I mean? They signed me up for something, and I'm very mad at them for it. And uh, I know that it exists. You know, he was wearing a white lab coat, tall, thin, glasses, doctor. You know, I mm-hmm. just don't think it's right. Like, what is your life like when they're doing this to people and then they have to go home to their families? What if it was one of their family members? Maybe they don't care. I don't know. You know, being part of what I have been part of and knowing what I do know, um, I think these individuals that get into these positions do so, and I believe that there is, they do so so that they can have knowledge and and yeah. no more but then in the same sense there was a payment for doing what they're doing they right. just don't they just don't hire you and say come on let's do this for us they have something over them and in time i really feel that very dark energy forces take over those individuals and they can become somebody that you would never realize who they are they're not the person you thought they were. And I've seen that firsthand. I've experienced yeah, uh, that firsthand. Well, and what do you, what do you, tell us, uh, tell us about it and describe it. What you're talking, I know what you're saying, but the listeners may not know what you're talking about. Basically, um, back in 2001, in the month of September, I was given a phone call. I was given a list of 12 scientists' names. Two of the scientists, I knew their names. And this is a client of somebody. These are the people that were working with him in the situation. The last two happened to be very close to me, one specifically. And I faced this individual and told them, okay, I know I've been told you were a part of this. I don't know for what reason why or this or that. I really don't care. But when I confronted him, I saw darkness I've never seen in the eyes. It's it literally took me back and I was like, You're not who I thought you were. I don't know who yeah. you are right now, but you're not that same person. They became so infuriated, so angry, so destructive toward me, you could see it in their eyes. You knew they wanted yeah. to hurt me. And I've I'm just looking look. at them going it's a flat, you're not shark look. Yeah. You're flat, not who dark, I thought you were. Look. Yeah, Wow. exactly. And uh, it was firsthand. I saw it. I was just like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. 
Wow. Because, you know, these people that we're talking about really can conceal themselves quite well. They've oh, got they a good do. story, but, the, but their story can't last forever because uh, it wears out after a while. And then they they'll show up. you who they really are. They mess up. Exactly. They mess up. So mm-hmm. that's when you get to peak for just a second. You see them for themselves. And mm-hmm. it's a pretty horrible uh, thing. And then when you see them for themselves, you know it all. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, and the this thing is what is, happened. In my, yes, go ahead. I was going to say, they get in it trying to find out information because it's hard to come by without being in the loop. And when they get into that loop, then they sell out others to be and to stay there, willingly or unwillingly. And then they get so far into it that to get out is impossible. It would take even it would take all the way to death to get them out. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. literally we were talking about uh, people, you know, dying and going to the bad place for this. It's not uh, it's not good. Um, you know, I you have know, a person. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Maybe I'm not supposed to say it. Because <laughs> it's not I... my family, but it's an in-law uh, that I'm okay. thinking about right now. So I yeah. just caught this person off guard, just off guard, and I saw it. Yeah. And I went, it's, it's creepy. what the hell? And I saw that flat, uh, glinting shark look. So I went to my mother. I said, Mom. What the hell is going on? And blah, blah, blah. I said, I saw this. And she believes me now. You know what I mean? And uh, she said, well, what? I said, what's going on in his background? I saw some pretty bad stuff. She said, well, I'll have to tell you that um, his father murdered his mother. Mm. I went, oh, my God, man. You know what I mean? And they killed everybody in the whole house. And then other people. And the same family killed everybody in the whole house except for him, who I'm talking mm-hmm. about, and his grandfather. They killed the grandfather in the bed, too, mm-hmm. with his body. And But what happened is that he carried whatever this thing, this hatred with him. Yeah. So, But he covered it up pretty good for a lot of years, you know, because sometimes you just don't really talk in depth with somebody. You're around them because you know them and, you know, they're part of uh, your in-laws or something. But, you know, to go and catch somebody off guard before they could get themselves together, that is a very spooky thing to watch. It is, they make a mistake. Because they can't turn on fast enough sometimes. And when you see them like that, it makes you really begin to question why they're even a part of your life. Exactly. What are they doing here? Why are they here? And that's part of the thing I've been going through. I've been trying to understand why are they even apart? And truthfully, to this day, I'm a lot better at it. But their energy can not affect me like they used to. Like I, I would think about them, have to call them. I don't do that anymore. Now they're trying to go through other avenues to get to me, but uh, I'm not allowing it to affect me. I can't. No, you can't because, okay, we have to note these incidences what I like to do uh, is uh, what I like to do is have uh, I note it and then I'm aware of it and just don't go around them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I avoid them. Yeah. And the people that, that are just clinging to them and not able to see it, I, I don't know what to say about them. You know, unfortunately, the person that is involved with this person said 
because I, I mentioned it, and my mother, of course, said something to the person, and then I said, uh, I said, well, then what? She says, well, she's saying, well, I'm turning out to be just like him. And I just floored me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't have to go that way. Just because you're, you know, it's not so bad being by yourself. No, it isn't. I don't get it. No. I mean, then you can find your real love. You can relax. You don't have to be, you know, twisted up in some something that, you know, you're fearing the material. You're not fearing, you, you know, you better worry more about the spiritual than the material. You know, sometimes yes. it's better leave. Like, cut your losses and get out of there. Yes. But, you know, as as we mature, we will be able to leave this better and get out of these, these jams. Because we're all going to get in a jam one way or another because we're human. Mm-hmm. You just got to be able to let go and move on faster. Okay, That's I made a mistake. Burnt my hand again. Okay, stop that. So eventually you mature and you're not even, you're not even attracted to it anymore. No, and uh, and I've been finding since I've been doing the practices that I have uh, been doing uh, spiritually, I'm finding that I'm disconnecting those cords. Uh, I'm going to completely eliminate them so that I'm no longer affected by that which is not appropriate for me. That's not my direction I'm going. I'm going exactly. in a totally different direction than they chose. That was their choice. Their re- what's happening around their life and, and the lives of those that are really close to them that stay within that, that's a choice. We have a choice to escape. Yeah. We have a choice to get out. And it's harder than hell sometimes to be able to make that first step. But we can do it. We have the ability to do it. We're stronger than that. We're stronger than what they make want to make you think that they are. So. Yeah, because the power is is the fear. That's what yeah. the power is. If you just don't fear and move away, you know, you don't have to get tainted by it, you know, because That's it does right. spread out. Because fear can pass through a room so fast, you know what I mean? So it's like that. We all have it. It's part of our, our makeup. It's part of our ESP mm-hmm. to, you know, pick up on it. However, move out of their vicinity and move away from them. Don't hang out with them, you know. Just lose your interest fast and move on. Don't try to change them. I tried. It doesn't work because they're actually not listening to you. No, they're not. They're not. And they don't care. Their values are different. They're only trying to think of how they can get themselves into that next position, out of that spot that they're in. Exactly. And that's that's the key, is um, totally cut it over, go forward, you know, a lot of families have fallen apart because relationships had to be break to broken to break the cycle. Yeah, and that's that's the thing it. about it is you have to stop, and it, it means moving away and developing your new family. You're going to have to do it. That's right. Because this has been this has been foretold, and many, uh, gosh, every kind of religion society has been foretold that the the relationships will break down. But you can't break down. You still have to keep your faith and be strong and keep going, even yeah. if you're by yourself. Because you're never really by yourself. You're on this vision quest, That's you know, because right. I, believe, I believe you're going to go. Uh, I call it a vision quest because I identify with calling it that. And, so, and uh, also you can call it spiritual, seeking a spiritual experience, or you can call it a lot of things. But what it is is growing up as a human, and you've got to 
just move forward, kicking or crying or whatever you're going, but you're going to go eventually. It hurts bad enough. You will change. Yeah, you will. And uh, I've I've learned that. I've learned that, you know, trying to conform to them is not the answer for me because it's not who I am. And even though hindsight, you know, Appropriate choices were made at the time that they were made by the family members that made them, and they did it right. It's just there's still a little bit that they need to tweak on to get it balanced. Wow. And I'm, I've learned that. Well, there's a. What do you feel about uh, the what's going on in the world now? It's like the. You know, uh, well, this is what they're saying: is that uh, the the social paradigm of the second millennium is is actually changes to, to the next sixth great extinction of life on Earth. You know what I mean? What do you think about all that, and uh, and how that pattern is going right now, and how it's affecting us for the next couple of generations? Is uh, to me, I know it's serious, but I want I want you to tell me what you think and feel about this. Well, I've never really sat down and thought about it. I look more at what's going on right now with my family infrastructure and everything that's happening right, right. with me. And by putting and instilling, for me, the right direction for my daughter to make the choices. That, I mean, she came in as, you know, they call them star children, indigo children, so on and so forth. Yeah. Allow her to use her natural abilities to bend everything to that she can bring to her children and then her children to their children. And by changing one person at a time, by working hard, making the doors open up, I believe that it will in time change everything around us. It will not be the same. They, yes, will, they, um... they will think with higher spiritual uh, abilities, higher uh, understanding and they won't be stuck in the same paradigm that we've been stuck in that we grew up in. Yeah, because we we certainly were uh, had lived through a very strange paradigm where I think before that they kind of accepted the strange. You know, oh yeah, they would even accept strange people more. You know, oh yeah. that's just so and so. They're just a weirdo that doesn't this. You know, but people were accepted. You know, for being whatever the strange was. Then through the fifties. Conforming was the thing, and uh, and to fear being different and everything else, you know. But I do believe that, uh, you know, as everybody that's coming together that are attracted to each other, I mean, we're just ready to do our art, write our books, help each other, and just have fun. I think with that that angel's message to me now, I'm accepting it as an angel. I don't know what what it was. I thought they were filming a movie. I swear to you, I really saw this. But now I'm thinking the reason why that angel was so happy, he's trying to tell me it's it's fun to have more fun because I work like a dog. Yeah. You know, but he wants the, the messages because he looked silly to me, like he was having yeah. fun. You know, like yeah. imagine a guy in goggles riding a bike and flying with his big wings across the street, laughing his head off. That's what he was doing. He had a big smile on his face. It's fun. But I think it's, and it is we, fun. It's time to let up. We're we're too wrapped up in the everyday. People are so busy anymore, they don't have time for anything. They don't have time for family. 
you know, not a lot of families sat down at the table together and even be thankful for the food and what they have on the table and be able to talk to one another. Everybody's on cell phones. Everybody's on computers. Everybody's at their work doing two, three jobs just to pay the bills because everything's going chaotic. Everything's falling apart. But in the same turn, we're having a lot of these kids coming into this world that are going to make significant changes as they grow older and as they start separating themselves out and understanding the difference. They can still play the games, but they're still going to be able to, you know, be balanced. And just think, you know, um, like uh, I always see these funny things. If you were a kid from the 80s and drank out of a hose, you didn't have bottled water and all sorts of stuff, but... I noticed that the babies now, because they'll come into my office, like this one baby just learned how to walk one year old, walked over to my computer, has a little hand down there, hit a button, and he printed out something to me and handed it to me. I went, I didn't even know that button existed, first of all. You know what I mean? And he's printing (laughs) stuff. And I was like, what the hell? I I looked at it, I said, I've never seen this before. Go, Go do that again. And he wasn't even really talking to me. He just did it. He just went over and did it again, hit it again, brought me another piece of paper. I went, oh, my God. I didn't know. So the little babies aren't scared of technology like we were. We're all, like, taught to be technology phobic. Yeah. Except for a few that were really into this, you know, for a long time. But now I'm not a phobic. It's easier for me now. You know, now I'm teaching others. And, you know, because people that I work with, you know, they – actually can't do the new phones because they've been away for a long time in prison. You well, know, you have saw, somebody... What? I was going to say, you saw some of the artwork uh, that I have up on my Facebook. Yeah, I have Facebook. it posted. Yeah, I went um, by and added more to your, your thing, so when people are looking at this right now, they're seeing the, the pictures cool. fly by. It's like a little show. Yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of the devil, I'm getting a phone call. But, oh, okay. <laughs> No, from uh, the darker forces. We're wrapping. We're wrapping uh, up but, until <laughs> <laughs> they know I'm on the call. Look at this. But anyway, uh, no, my daughter and I, uh, we did a book cover for a friend of ours, uh, Gloria Hawker, her second book, and uh, we didn't know anything about Photoshop. After a few arguments and a total, a whole bunch of disagreements, we learned how to do it together. Oh, I'm playing at the same time as here. What are you doing? (laughs) So I I said feedback. Let me get it off there. Got it off. Anyway, um, we taught ourselves Photoshop in about 15 to 30 minutes, and ever since then we've been going nuts with it. Yeah, because once you learn it, uh, you know, you just got to open your mind to do it. Yeah, we weren't afraid of it. We we yeah, got over exactly. that and decided we got to get this done. We have to do it, and we did it. And, and I, what I, what I tell people is this. You can't be afraid you're going to blow up the world because, see, that's what we think. We're going to press this yeah. button, and it's going to blow up the whole thing. Because when I started producing the show by myself, I went, you know, I'm just going to wreck the world with this crap. no. It's a learning curve, so you just have to try. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're not going to be able to read it out of a book or anything else. Just get on there and try to do it. That's you know? right. And that's, that's the way I teach it. It's not like, Because that's why the kids are effectively getting on it so fast is they're not blocking. They're getting on it, and they're trying. Even if they fail, they'll keep trying until they hit the right button and they'll learn. And that's the way it is with seeing past the veil. 
is not pushing it and not forcing it and not finding doubt in yourself and being able to see it. More and more people open up to that possibility, more and more people are going to be seeing what we experience. Well said, well said, because uh, we all have to be here for each other. And I'm really glad because I wasn't going to talk about seeing that crazy angel out there on Crenshaw. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you did. I said it because there needs to be a record of it. (laughs) It was orange, red, uh, yellow. I mean, really not even rainbow colors. I mean, dark, rich, ruby colors. I don't know what colors you want to call that, but. And big wings. Very unusual and different. And uh, it's weird how I was. It did get my attention, and uh, it's still. You know how you have it in front of your head, thinking it over and over and over. This happened, but it happened. I'm glad I said something because I have a lot of odd things happen to me. I'm still waiting for the moving pictures on the back of the truck to happen, so that hasn't happened yet. So I don't know. Sometimes I see things in the future. So anyway, I really (laughs) what? I was going to say you got your own movie running. You got your own movie running right around you. I I thought I saw vintage movies playing on the back of a beautiful aluminum truck, and uh, then I saw. An ad somewhere after I think it was Sony is going to make these these uh, movies. Not the kind that you can see, kind of a digital one now. It's not like that. It's a beautiful, almost like it's a movie on silver. It's mm. like, so gorgeous and smooth, you know. But I haven't seen it yet. You know, I haven't seen them for real yet. So anyway, I can glimpse the future once in a while, but it's not here yet because people will probably <laughs> watch the movie instead of driving. But anyway. So uh, tell us about your spots coming up now and give it a way to get a hold of you and your website. Okay, our website is www.dodropessentials.com. Uh, there is the phone number listed in there you can reach us at at 505-832-6415. Uh, we are... Uh, Members, my entire family, the Executive New Mexico UFO Paranormal UFO Forum. So you can check us out on Facebook and like us. Uh, we're also going to be sponsoring and be part of uh, the Conference Under the Stars 2016 at the UFO Watchtower. Excellent. And you can go to ufowatchtowerevents.com. That's excellent. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show, and you're invited back anytime. Well, thank We've you really, in, really enjoyed you very much, and I want to thank you so much, and we hope you come back on again. Thank you, and this being my first time, this was fun. Oh, yay. I forgot it was yay. your first time. My first time, Because you're acting time, like you know yes. what you're doing. <laughs> oh, yay. no. <laughs> So, oh, Karen oh, in the chat is saying I've been to Watchtower several times. It's only two hours from her. So she's been over there. You have to look for her. So we got about 90 seconds. So I'm going to let you go, Mary, and God bless you, and happy trails, and uh, you're doing real good out there. Just keep up the good work. You too. I will. You take care. I'm committed to it. Okay, take care. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Well, I love that lady. You would never know it was her first time on the radio, and uh, she's a great, great lady. And, uh, it sounds like the Watchtower uh, is fantastic out there. You can also see her over at www.dropessentials.com. And go over to the UFO uh, thing that she was talking about because uh, 
a couple of friends over there that you really like, and they're really a good bunch of peeps. And I would like to say, Glenn Speck and Karen Kinsey in the chat room, who are a couple of smartest people I ever met, and I love them, and thank you for being here and keeping us company. And I want to God bless you all. And uh, just remember, the paranormal sacred is a place where the unheard may be heard. And uh, if you want to get on the show and want to talk about whatever you're doing, just give me a call. Love you. Take care. God bless you. Good night. Mm-hmm.